We just like to see the boys hit it deep. There's nothing like the view from the cheap seats. Alabama's the cheap seats rolling us in. A guy, I guess that is a guy who's been in the cheap seats a fair time or two, probably some expensive uh, seats in his life for wealth. Welcome to Make Love Not War, a pull tab sports production here at Green Screen Studios. Uh, our second look at the Twins this year. We we talked to you in the in the preseason a little bit. Now we're almost a month into the season, um, and I want to bring in my guest for the week. I don't know, it, it's a man who needs no introduction, but I got a few things that are, <laughs> that are written down. Uh, used to be known as Mister Fun, long time, long time radio fixture. First at K Fan, the AM fifteen hundred. Um, I like to call him the Mensch of Merriam Park. <laughs> That's a good one too. <laughs> um, Joe Anderson, a longtime friend, longtime uh, just in this in this space. You're one of the legends, so I appreciate you joining me. I know you got a new podcast as well. Why don't we plug that real quick? Tell sure. us where you can yeah, find your, the, what you're doing. It's the uh, the Fun House, and it's on the Talk North Network. And I have no idea what all the outlets are. Like I just, if you Google it, I'm sure you'll find. That's it. why That's you say wherever you find your podcast, wherever it, you find your podcast, you can find you, the Funhouse. Yes. So give it a listen. Thanks uh, for the plug. Absolutely, and and Joe uh, talks to a lot of media movers and shakers around here. Um, big Twins fan, Joe. You've been here your whole life, my so entire I know, life. Yeah. Uh, best Twins memory growing up. Oh my gosh, growing up. Oh, for sure, Met Stadium. Um, my dad worked for the Star Tribune, so instead of giving his tickets to his clients, he would take my brother and I to the games. Box seat behind home plate, it was probably 1975 or 1976, and the Twins had a bench-clearing brawl with the Boston Red Sox. I think Dave Goltz hit somebody, and both benches came out, and we were right there, like right behind home plate watching that. Now, that's like my favorite youth memory. <laughs> my older memories, I mean, I spent a lot of time at the Metrodome. You know, I was behind home plate when they won in 91. Um, I was at game six in 90, 87. Um, gosh, during my Bullwinkles days, I hung out with a lot of players from back in the the 90s. They they lived across the street in the hotel, and so they'd come hang out at the bar and and just wonderful guys, great guys, and, and they'd leave tickets for the games. I mean, I was at the Dome all the time, and then I covered them at the Dome probably from 97, 98, 99. I think I did all the home games when I was working for metro networks as their sports director so lots of time in the clubhouse with tom kelly and kirby puckett and and that whole crew and so i've been around them a long time it's amazing how things have changed like you, i don't know where you'd go to run into twins players now but it, it for sure it wouldn't be bowling no it wouldn't be but they had a good time back then <laughs> maybe in the north loop somewhere but it, yeah maybe in a diner but it, it's things have changed so much and you're you're a little bit old school like me and that's one of the reasons i wanted to have you on here uh, as we tape this? Twins are, you know, first place, rolling right along. That pitching staff, yeah, 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 exactly. It's saying that my Yankees are whatever. All, the, quite this will be the year you don't have to worry about the Yankees in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm saying that right now. They will right, not right. be in October. Um, I wrote this week over on PullTabSports.com, uh, a little thing called the Stansel Sports Takeout. A little plug as well. Um, this kind of was going around Twitter this week. The the team most likely to win a championship with the Twin Cities. A lot of Vikings on there. I don't know what the defense, um, you know, this whole wild wolves. Can anybody get past the first round? But yeah, gosh, if this pitching staff for the twins, I, what a little bit of hyperbole here, but like those three guys, you got three guys who can throw seven shutout innings every night. Like there's no reason they can't win a, I'm not talking about a playoff game here. It's been a while. We There's no reason they can't win a series. No, with those three guys. Stop like, it. Anything less than a series. A series, a series win, win in Minnesota. You've got those three. You've got you got Lopez. Um, you've got 
um, Joe Ryan, Joe Ryan, yep, and you've got Sonny Gray. Like, yeah, what those as long if those three guys can stay healthy, Molly's hurt, I know, but man, three front of the line rotation starters that hasn't been seen in this town in twenty years. Well, and I think the great thing, you know, it's always about the health of the pitching staff, right? And it has been forever when the Twins have been successful. They they've they 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 have to catch a little bit of lightning in a bottle because they don't use the budget to bring in the big names, or at least they haven't in the past. And they're starting to slide a little bit more into where they're spending a little bit on their pitching versus trying to develop and get lucky with two right. or three. And to see them have the start they have and then to see pitchers go down and see Bailey Ober come up and have success too, that tells me that there's great depth in that starting rotation. And that, I look, I'm not a baseball guy like some of the really smart people are here in town, but to me, you've got a lineup you know will score runs. If you can pitch like you said and get into the seventh inning and get quality starts, it, I don't even know if that's a stat anymore. But if you can get a quality start out <laughs> of a pitcher four innings. and get <laughs> and get into a bullpen that can hold that lead, you have a chance to win every game. And 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 it's always been about pitching. It's been about pitching since day one in baseball, and it will always be about pitching. And now they have it, and that's why they're a real contender. And you mentioned Bailey Ober, a guy who last year was probably the third best starter on the team, who yeah. now is having a hard time of getting into that into that rotation. I mean, last year, the, the twins would call people up to start a second half of doubleheader. And I mean, I, it's twins podcast. I write about the team and I'd be like, who, who's this guy again? Um, and that just doesn't have, is not happening a out of necessity, but also when you have top of the line starters like that, um, you just don't need the depth. That, I mean, they've had two pitchers already go down, go down, right. And have not missed a beat. So that depth that you talked about, um, you know, there's certainly, I think they'd love to get a, another top of the line. Um, Prospect, at least, you know, sure. But, but you've got Gray, Gray's gonna be a free agent, but you've got two guys under contract, not just thinking about this year, but gosh, Lopez and and Joe Ryan for this foreseeable future for a one, two. That's pretty good. There's yeah. a lot of teams that would love to have that for a one, two. And I think your point where you have three frontline guys and then you lose my you lose Molly, but maybe over comes up, he becomes the fourth guy, right? If you have four guys that can give you a chance to win every night, you're going to win a lot of baseball games. It doesn't matter who number five is. It doesn't matter what kind of depth you have in your bullpen. I mean, you want to have some. It does, does anybody even use a closer anymore? I don't know if that's a legitimate position anymore. But if you have four guys can get you into the sixth inning every night, you've got a chance to win, what, two out of three games yeah. every time you go out. Good. And that, that's good enough. That gets you into the postseason. Yeah, that's going to get you a division title. I think one of the one of the things with a pitching staff, uh, the, the pace of play has helped the game in, in general, all these new rules. But when you got three pitchers who are lights out, and they can go out there and just throw strikes, and the the batters can't get a break. They can't step out. Yeah, I and mean, I think really those three guys are good, but especially Sonny Gray. The difference between Sonny Gray of old and Sonny Gray of new, yeah, is just the rules help these guys so much because when you get on a roll, you just keep going. Yeah, you just you don't lose that momentum. You don't get that mental break. I mean, you just keep pumping pitches in there and and it's like you said it's tough batters want to step out they want to slow guys down they want to get in their heads and they can't do it they just the, it's it's crazy like and I know you're going to talk about it but I was at the game on Sunday just to stand there and watch that 15 second clock come up yeah. and see guys go to work it is just so much faster and it has definitely changed the way the game is being played do you watch more or less games on tv now that the the, uh, the games are a little shorter um Probably more on on TV. I mean, I like going. To, I've only been to two games this season. I love going to the ballpark. I mean, that ballpark is fantastic. You can buy the cheapest mm -hmm. ticket in the house, walk downstairs, stand there and rest your beer on a railing and, and watch the entire game from right behind home plate. And so I go to as many games as I can 
as a fan during the course of the season. And then if I have to sit in my office in the basement and block out the family for two hours, they could they could be a little longer when two I'm at hour, home. Exactly. Right? Two hours, exactly. I could use three at home. Now. That would be really nice if they could do that. I, lo- I love you just late night baseball. And I, like what I could Vince Scully. I just love the, the yeah. extra innings package. You could just, and it came just, even the West coast games now, like I'm going to bed. I'm like, there's literally no more baseball happening. The one spot I do wonder if, you know, they'll adjust and some teams have adjusted for, you know, concessions because the beer revenue definitely yes. is down across <laughs> the league, but um, we'll know more when we get into the summer months, which allegedly is going to happen in a couple of weeks. It'll be hot and people will be thirsty. <laughs> um, you know, attendance generally in April is what is what it is. And even f- until kids get out of school. But I wonder if some people, you know, I live in the burbs and I think about, all right, well, it's a half hour drive down there, yep. probably more at rush hour. Um, you know, it's not a, it's a cheap ticket. Even the concessions there aren't bad, whatever. But it's different making that kind of investment for a family when you know you're going to go spend three, three and a half hours downtown. Um, twins barely take batting practice, it seems, too. So it's just like you, yeah. go, you go early and see that. But, you know, you go to the bathroom, you go to get a hot dog, you might miss nine batters instead of three or four. And suddenly it's true. You're wondering, like, you know, do I need to go to a double header to, to see just more to, baseball? To get more baseball, right? right? So I'll tell you the story. We went, we were at the game on Sunday and. I'm late because I have a wife and a daughter that take their time getting ready and they don't see the benefits of getting there for the start of the game. So we get in there. I guess we roll in like 145 or something like that. 110 first pitch. It's the top of the fourth inning. It's And, and that's just crazy for me to yeah. having been to so many games yeah. over the years when I was covering the team back in 97 and 98. That was the Stahoviak Becker era. Games were regularly three and a half hours long. I would get done with sending sound and writing stories and doing everything I did at one o'clock in the morning because that's how long it took to get out of the ballpark and get everything done. Now they're 45 minutes in and they are literally in the top of the fourth inning. And to your point, you know, and I was at opening day and opening day cooked really quickly as well. And and I'm kind of walking around going, I don't dislike the relaxed nature of baseball. I don't mind right. sitting here for three hours on a beautiful night watching the game. I kind of like the nuances and the subtleties of guys stepping out of the box and pitchers getting off the rubber and taking their time and just sort of the games that are being played. And so, you know, it's it, it is it's great. You're in and out of there in two hours, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, maybe they give them 20 seconds between yeah. pitches or 25 or something just to just to just to they over. I think they oversteered a little bit. Bring it back the other way. So. You can get that relaxed evening at the ballpark because that's what I've always identified it with. For those who who view baseball as as more of maybe a social outing too, yeah. Um, you know, you want to run a couple sections over to, to see Betty, and it might, right? You know, it, I I do th- maybe maybe twenty seconds is the right number. I'm sure you know they'll take a hard look after this year, and the owners will fight back and say our beer revenue is down forty mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. You know, and some <laughs> somebody brought up a good point. Is, you know, if I, if I can buy beer at Cowboy Jacks outside until two a.m. Why do I why, need to get there at 10 or, or 9? Or it, why can't I buy beer in the eighth inning if I'm, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever. It's it's one of the probably one of the antiquated things in baseball that uh, that can for sure go away. But you make sure the owners get get their bills, get paid their money. Away. Right. Speaking of speaking of. Good yeah. Segue. Oh, why don't you do that? Yeah, we'll do the Duke Cannon. Um, you guys have followed the wild have all seen the Duke Cannon products. Happy they're joining Make Love Not War as well. Um, <laughs> the playoffs were here. It's actually, I'll just... Past tense. Past tense. Um, but a lot of you guys still have the playoff beards around here ready to be unleashed. Don't trust your mutton chops and mustaches to any brand. Duke Cannon, local company, by the way, Minnesota company, makes hardworking grooming products for hardworking guys. 
Their products will help you feel your keep your facial hair in championship form. You're going to get 10% off using Beard10 on your next order at DukeCannon.com. They're also an official partner of the Minnesota Wild. Work harder, smell better. And I will say this doesn't work really for radio, but the, nice su- smelling the, superior, stuff. the superior smells really good. good. Thanks to uh, to Duke Cannon. Um, guy I love on this team and the people at Pull Tab really love, they, they text me about every day about him, is Michael A. Taylor. And he was a guy, I mean, he's a gold glove winner in the past, can hit some ball. You know, he came in, you weren't quite sure it was up with Buxton. He was going to be able to spell Buxton in center. He was going to be able to play the corner outfields. I just look back to last year when it all fell downhill. Celestino didn't know how many outs were in center field on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, there were just, there were situations that could have been avoided and, and they just weren't. Um, he's out, he's let Buxton do what Buxton needs to do the first half of the year. But Michael A. Taylor is so fun to watch. He kind of just blends in a little bit. And then he does something. He had, you know, he had two homers at Yankee Stadium. He had the the bunt, the, the throw hit him in the back to win a game. He just plays baseball. Well, and he's he, it's a really good pickup, right? Because he's this understated guy who's a veteran who's been in the league a long time. Does like you said, he does everything right, but he does it better than right. I mean, he it, but it but it's so understated over time that they get him for the right number, and he gives Buxton exactly what Buxton needs, which is time away from center field. I mean, he's the best center fielder in baseball, Buxton is, but if he's only going to play 90 games in a season because he gets hurt out there or his body gets beat up, let him DH. And Taylor might be the number three center fielder Exactly, right? So what a great pickup that is because it keeps Buxton in the lineup, hopefully all season long, and then you've got that great coverage. You've still got that great defensive coverage in the outfield, you know, some really, really smart pickups by the front office this offseason, I think, that have that have put this team in that spot and and have really supplemented what they did with the pitching staff or what they've done acquiring these guys over time to where you've got this super well-rounded team, like really, really good team all the way around. And he's a guy who's probably undervalued offensively. I mean, he's he's no Buxton, but he bats ninth. Yeah. But he could bat third. That's a pretty good nine hitter, right? He could right? bat third. He could bat fifth on that lineup. I mean, the Yankees yeah. are trotting out Anthony Volpe as their leadoff hitter every night. You know, like yeah. – Spots in the in the lineup don't necessarily matter as much as they used to. Well, I, I was going to get to this later. We'll t- we'll talk a little bit about Joey Gallo too, a former Yankee, um, who kind of a throwaway signing. A lot of people thought. Yep. I thought early on, and I, I know the shift is kind of not the change in the shift is not what they expected it to be or wanted it to be. People are getting around it, but he's a guy who I thought where if the shift disappeared, here's a guy who's going to hit some doubles at least and he's done way more than that yeah he has and and it's another really kind of under the radar pickup a guy that and I, I think to me it's also the sum of the parts right so Gallo gets to be plugged into a lineup that has a lot of good bats around him and and teams know he can hit but if he doesn't have that talent around him they can pitch around him and so he's getting the opportunities with this lineup and I think everybody is because of how deep they are and you've seen that with the twins over over years where they do have this top to bottom really good offensive team there's no one you can pitch around. Right. You have to pitch to everybody. So he's seeing more pitches to hit, and everybody else is. It's the sum of the parts, and that's what they haven't had over the last couple of years. And you get a couple guys with a chip on their shoulder in a lineup Something like to that. prove. Something to prove. Right. I mean, Taylor's been traded. Gallo, literally, I think, analytically, he was the the worst base, the worst position yeah. player in baseball yeah. for two years, 
And, you know, he's playing first base in this team and looks like an all-star. Right. Like, you, you don't want one of those guys. You don't want seven of those guys. But if you can have two or three guys who really – I think Gallo's on a one-year deal. Like, he, he He's he, got a little something to prove, right? His career's not over. Right. You know, contract year is okay. Yeah. Um, You've seen that. You've been in locker rooms. You've seen guys on contract years. Yeah. He they is, find a little something extra. And let me tell you, when he played the Yankees and, and any other team, you know, that's – something to prove exactly and that's that's never never a uh never a bad thing isn't that funny how how and you you've been around you've been in locker rooms right and and clubhouses how people kind of think of athletes as commodities right and they but but there is this emotional side to it where they do go play against a team that snubbed them or they know they're in a contract year and it's 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 a part of the game and part of the analysis of the game that people don't always respect or think is legitimate right they don't they don't feel like they don't they, they look at him like i've always thought people look at athletes like commodities right. so, so gallo goes into new york he's in yankee stadium they let him go maybe they said something about him he didn't like and or taylor and they deliver and and it's not just because they're good athletes it's because they've got something to prove and that even happens at the highest level and they're they're first of all they're people with emotions absolutely as much as we don't want to you know admit absolutely that. they're very well people but they're people with emotions yeah you know i look at i I've watched the Jeter documentary more times than I care to admit, but the 10 minutes into the first episode, you tell yourself, like, I, I'm wired differently than most people. Yeah. He is wired like Oh, totally. And not everybody's to that level, but you don't go in a you don't make the highest level of professional sports by thinking and acting like everybody else. Correct. I want to prove a former employer wrong. Sure. These guys, trust me. Ryan Suter was pissed off when they when they booed him here. He might have said whatever. Oh, these exactly, guys, right? These guys do not like it when things don't go their own way. Right. More more power to the ones that that go positive with it rather than negative. Yeah, exactly. And and to your point with the twins, there's nothing wrong with having a couple of guys like that in the lineup because it's it it fills spots where people weren't delivering over the last couple of years with guys that have something to prove and they're a little more invested in it and you're seeing the results of it now. And you know, it's not like. I have a problem signing some of these guys that are maybe on the downside of their contract or downside of their careers, or yep. maybe you've heard their bad locker room guy. These were just guys that had maybe an off year or two, yeah. you know, Gallo two years. And trust me, Carl Pavano, Yankee Stadium is not meant for everybody. You know, I always said that the intestinal fortitude needed right. for Yankee Stadium is not needed everywhere. Is you don't you don't need to come up to that level for everywhere else. So totally okay to to be a midwesterner and blend in i've been doing it for yeah, 15 right? years now well the flip side look at a guy like aaron hicks right who yeah. the twins cut loose and he goes to new york and he has a pretty nice career playing for the yankees yeah, it's okay <laughs> well your standards are higher <laughs> I, well, yankee fan standards are like up here and right. twins standards are down here right yeah it is it's funny to to hear them all the wall talk let's go pay another bill real quick yeah we're gonna send funzy home here with some jimmy's coleslaw nice. another minnesota company it's we're we're so close to winter we're so close to transition yeah i just can't wait to get some slaw out on the patio this summer it's officially slaw season you never want to sleep on the slaw deserves a place at the table they got three flavors including the pineapple which i don't have here but i know we're going to have it in our house this summer nothing better than mixing that hot burger and melted cheese and some cool crisp jimmy slaw on the other side of the paper plate cub high v Kowalski's has it too. I'm in there quite a bit. Um, Jimmy's salad dressings and dips. Don't you be messing with my dressing legacy Minnesota company. Thrilled to have these guys on board as well. Let's talk about Byron Buxton. This is the longest I've done a podcast before without talking I mean, we've about, talked about it in a, in a pot. And that's kind of the way the season's been. Yeah. Are, are you okay? And I, I think I probably, am. are you okay? 
paying a guy 15 million a year to be a DH. Cause I, I don't think we're going to see him in the outfield except I, uh, in a rare occasion. Right. I, I um, think it's done this year. At least I think it's done. God, it's a big number, but you know what? It's not my money. And, and he's a guy, he's such a linchpin in that lineup. He does so much on the bases. He hits home runs, the bats on the ball. He just delivers, you know, he, he has his ebbs and flows, right? But when he comes out of it, like he did last weekend, yeah. the ball's flying around. And I just think, again, it's the sum of the parts to have a guy like that in the middle of the lineup. If you, if you can get him in there 120, 130 games a season, that is a huge deal to have someone that can, that can, that can give what he gives. So yeah, I mean, 15 million a year to, to be the linchpin in that lineup. Go ahead. I'll take it. You know, 30 home runs drive in 80, yeah. you know, especially Correa's is what Ben, what Correa is. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think the, even the, the atmosphere, the buzz in that building, like it changes when they're both in the, especially when they're both in the line, yeah. you, you show up a day game after a night game, you see on Twitter at 10 AM that the other guys in the lineup, there's just not the buzz. Right. He is Correa to a point, but Buxton, you know, you're going to see, now you might see, you're not going to see the play in the outfield, but you're also not going to see him pull out his knee or something. Yeah. But the buzz when those two guys are in the lineup, it's needed just for the electricity in that building and for the rest of the guys to draw. Well, and how many guys have the Twins had over the years that have brought that kind of atmosphere, that electricity when he comes to the plate or he's in the lineup? Not many, yeah. right? It's been, I mean, you put him not necessarily in the, the, the class of accomplishments with Puckett, but it was the same deal when Puckett came to the, to the plate you know, there's a pretty good chance something was going to happen there. You know, it, he didn't miss much. He swung at everything, but he, but he hit just about everything. And Buxton's the same way when he gets up and when he's on, there's a really good chance something's going to happen. And there's, there haven't been many guys over the years that have done that in that ballpark or in the Metrodome. I've been admiring your Twiki's hat over there. So I got, I got to bring the new, the brand new, the brand new pull tab hat up here. I like that. That's got the, that's kind of the golf style with the band on the front. Yeah. Uh, and it's got all the pull tab stuff on the bottom of there. That's actually from Unreal Company. And if you haven't heard of Unreal, I'm hearing a lot about them. They do a lot of stuff with pull tab um, and independent clothing crafted around the athlete. I call myself an athlete. Yeah, that's okay. It works for you. Not owned by the big conglomerate. They weren't split out by an algorithm. They aren't venture capital backed. Self-made company starting with an entrepreneur with $300 and an idea. I should... And try to do pretty that. good deal. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> Unreal clothing is still designed in house by the owner of the company to this day. I'd say my daughter has a an Unreal company, like a, a Minnesota hockey sweatshirt. Where's it's in her hoodie? You got in the ro- you oh, yeah. daughter. So, it's, yeah, it's, I know the hoodie. It's rotation. in the hoodie rotation. Um, check out Unreal for yourself. Visit u n r l o u n r l dot co. That's Unreal dot co, not dot com. Use pull tab fifteen for fifteen percent off your next order. Um, we talked about this a little bit off air before we started, but, um, I, Rocco has taken some criticism in this yeah. town and on this podcast yep. in the past. Yep. Wild general manager, Chuck Fletcher, former general manager used to say players play coaches, coach and managers manage. Is it amazing what, how much better of a manager Rocco Baldelli <laughs> is when he's got a pitching staff? Like now he's not without his faults. So we'll talk about Pagan and his bullpen use maybe shortly, but Man, when he's got the horses, he's a heck of a manager. Yeah, it's isn't it interesting though? I mean, last year he took heat from the fans, from the media, and I think from some of the players for his philosophy on the pitchers. Yeah, guys are getting yanked after five, sometimes after four. And was it Sonny Gray that said something yeah. in spring training this year? And he said something at the end of last year in the regular and, season and, too. And you wonder how many internal conversations there were where these pitchers came to him and said, "We can do this. It makes your life a lot easier." 
if you like, and maybe it flies in the face of analytics, um, but it's working. And when you do have the horses, it doesn't, right? When you, when you only have, you, they get into seven and you only have to get eight and nine out of right. the, the bullpen. Yeah, Lopez and, and Duran, that's, R- it that's makes you your do. life pretty easy. And sometimes, you know, someone's got to tell you that that's the way to do it. And maybe he got it from upstairs or whatever, but, and, and even the lineup too, right? I mean, yeah. you go get Taylor and so you can put Buxton in the DH spot. You don't have to worry about Buxton running the walls and, and missing games. Again, having good players makes you a good manager. Sooner or later, as they get through the season and they get into the postseason, presumably, he'll have to make some decisions that win or lose ball games. Yeah. And that's just because the competition level will continue to get tougher and tougher as they move through. And they haven't really messed with all the good teams in baseball. Right. That's still to come. You're going to have to see him make some decisions, but it's a lot easier to make them when you're throwing that lineup out there and you've got that bench in the bullpen that you have. And too. you know, it's a new schedule, but they've been, they've benefited by playing a lot of central teams already. Yes. Now that means yep. they're going to play less of them down the stretch. And let's not sit here and pretend that, that Rocco is the one making the decision necessarily last year to, to pull guys early. It is all the guys on the, in the quarter exactly. office up there, but, and analytics are what they are. But if, if you never let a guy throw this, throw the third time through the lineup, yeah. So he gave up two hits and three attempts the first time, and so he's got a six sixty six batting average against, and he never let him improve it. How you, some guys have it, and those three guys have it, and as far as I'm concerned, six seven innings a night because then you don't, you know, I think the the issue with this team and also where Rocco struggles is that middle of the bullpen where what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, Emilio Pagan, the infatuation of, of continually it's rolling a guy out there. Even you know up six runs in the eighth, and then you have to lose your use your closer again to get him out of there. Um, but Rocco hasn't really had to manage those tight, especially in the playoff situations. So as as you pointed out, that's when you, when the season wears on and you're playing the better teams and hopefully a playoff run, you, your guys might not get seven every night. Yeah, and your fourth starter is going to have to pitch with with how many how many playoff games they jam in now. Um, so he's going to ha- really get tested for how what kind of a game manager he is in those in those middle innings. Right. And this is, I'm going to go back to my radio days where I would say something ridiculous and try to get whoever I was working with. with We're we're rolling, right? Yeah, right. What if his starters pitch too many innings as the season progresses? Does he, does he start to peel them back because they're, they're so good. Right. They're throwing too many innings every time they go out. Then do you start giving them breaks? Do you, do you start only having him go five so that, so they're not, you know, throwing those. Well, at the rate they go, they're only throwing ten pitches an inning anyway. Right. So, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a question. They have depth. They have some options. They can do some different things. But I don't know. It's the way baseball was for me when I was growing up. The top yeah. line guys would go seven or eight innings. Seven innings, setup guy, closer. That's, that's the way it always went. Kerry Wood's career was, you know, it's, that, it, right. But right? that's what started the whole the trend the other way. But I think you're, if you know, if, if you see the Twins up middle of July, eight, nothing through five and Sonny Gray's giving up two hits and striking out nine. Like yeah. just let him have the rest of the, take him. What are they the, the until little, his agent gets on the phone right. and says, what are you doing? I'm trying to get him to innings and strikeouts. We're going to call it MLB's load management <laughs> um, because yeah, it's a long season. You look, I mean, other sports, you know, guys that play too many it games, is a long all season. of a sudden postseason rolls around. Yeah. And what do you have left? Right. So. Right. It, it, I mean, it really is about, it's a, it's a, it's a long season this time of year when it's, seemingly endlessly cold outside. I mean, you do have to be careful about how you're rolling guys out there. And that's where that depth comes into play. And I mean, you hit the dog days and you start to start thinking about postseason. He'll have to make some decisions that some people might not like, um, but they will be necessary decisions if they want to make a long run. You're going to go home. Salsa. You're going to go home with yes. the mama's baby. 
You it's promised me, it's, so I bought a bag of chips today. Oh, nice. It's the mild. I've been told that mild's about the most you can do by okay. the, everybody you've worked with in the past. Yep. Um, so Joe Mama's, it makes sense. The salsa brand, born in a hockey rink, would be your ultimate wingman for team fundraising. This is the part of, of Joe Mama's I love. You do a lot of fundraising in your life as a dad. I do oh, yeah. a lot of fundraising in mine. Um, we've all done everything else on the fundraising circuit. You can actually fundraise with salsa. That's awesome. Um, frozen pizzas, you need a big fridge. No, Joe Mama's salsa sits right there on the shelf. Easy to transport. You're going to sell it for $6.50 a jar and keep $3 for your team. That's almost half the, the proceeds right back to you. Made right in Woodbury. Uh, comes in five delicious flavors. We've got original. We've got the Mama's Baby. This is this one. Mango pineapple is pretty, pretty spicy. Roasted garlic is my favorite. The Smoking Hot Mama. I've smelled it. Can't do it. it. Can't Not do try it. it. But I, I mean, maybe like a little dip here and there. Right. Mix it with some other, mix it with some ranch or something. Um, it's really, really good. Something everyone in your family will love. It's already hit with youth hockey teams. It's expanding as well to other sports too. So learn how that can spice up your fundraising. Visit joemamas.com slash fundraising. Um, we'll wrap up here in a second, Joe. But, you know, what What are your real... Now that we're a month in, yeah. maybe your realistic expectations might be different than they were a month ago. But what do you expect from the... What What? What would be not a disappointment for you? in this this season the failure right that's the big that's yeah. the key word now right in in sports we're, is it a failure we're managing expectations <laughs> look I, I, they've got a nice deep talented pitching staff that's the first thing they've got the closer if they or they've got the back end of the bullpen that they need to protect leads they've got bats that can put the ball in play they've got guys that can hit the ball out of the park they're a pretty well-rounded team um they're going to be a contender. And they're, they've got Kirilov in AAA right now. I mean, they're they're, right. they're a deep team, too, right. where an injury or two that last year might have killed them. Yeah, it's not hard. And like we said, they bring Bailey Ober up, makes a great, gets a great start, you know, to fill in. Keep guys healthy. That's the biggest thing for them. And if they do, and if the the primetime guys, the Buxtons, the Correas, they stay healthy for the entire season and into the postseason, they are they are a team to be reckoned with. And you are 100% right. They're, they're infinitely closer than any other team in this town to yeah. winning a championship. You know, I feel bar jacks. They're they're decent bullpen pitchers. Yeah. I don't know. I if if things stay the way they are, I would assume that one of the you know maybe the the pickups in July would be try to get one more legitimate yep. guy that a I think Lopez showed last year. Maybe closer's not. He's a great eighth inning guy, but maybe yeah. he's not a closer on this stage. Um, you know, Durant gets hurt. All of a sudden, everything gets. He got Pagan pitching the seventh. You know, so maybe they get. And we're we're talking months down the road here who knows what could happen but um this pitching staff like it's it's a joy to watch night in and night out i don't mind the shorter game i just it's to watch those guys just go to work not labor a lot it's just you know the rest of the rules have been great too i the twins are the only they've stolen two bases like there's the bases are, are bigger they're speeding everything up and one of the reasons is to steal bases and they've just got nothing the the ba bigger bases is weird yeah like i look at it and it's just it's it seems wrong looking at it yeah there's and that's yeah, that might even go away especially if i think across the league they're up but i don't think they're up maybe as much yeah. as everybody else thought they were but um you know we're dinosaurs but we realize progress changes progress and progress is change can and we I get rid of the courtesy runner and <laughs> extra innings or the second base placement. And that's ridiculous to me. It doesn't make any sense. I still, yeah, it's, if you're going to shorten the rest of the game yeah, once in a while, if you're there till you can stretch it out a little bit. <laughs> I, I work, used to work in minor league baseball and I was at a game with my dad after I worked in Myrtle beach, South Carolina and the 
17 innings, eight. I mean, there were seven people. I still couldn't get you foul ball. <laughs> Bank get right over still. us. Yeah. Home run went over the scoreboard in the outfield. Like, yeah. drove out on the way home. Somebody already got the ball. I've, I've never got a foul ball in 40 something years, but um, there's something romantic about those games that just won't end, too, right? If there's, you can make it all the way through, it's impressive if you've been there and you've had your beers and everything yeah. else. Like to be able to stay there through 13, 14, 15 innings, that's quite an accomplishment if you can do that. I was at, uh, and it was a day game. It was the Roger Clemens relief game in Houston. So it was sometime around 0405, And I think it went 18 innings. And it was a, it was one of those quick games too. It probably took four and a half, five hours. And the, I still remember the roar as he ran out to the bullpen, but I mean, they were done selling beer in the seventh inning, right? And it's Sunday afternoon, so it's five o'clock, and the they have no. They're passing around half-eaten bags of popcorn, and there's <laughs> the concession stands were completely closed. out of everything. We we're like, will somebody please hit this, hit hit it out, and eventually the Astros. Well, was a, I still, I was also at the Brad Lidge game when he gave up the home run to Pujols, and I, I've never heard a place go from like this. Been at a lot of playoff games, yeah, a wild playoff yeah. games. From this to this, the the silence was just like, how is there not even an echo in here? But I always like looking in the press box when those games are going and looking at the guys on deadline, writing, delete, 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 rewriting, rewriting, rewriting. And, you know, you've been in the press box. It's kind of fun to mock those a guys. A story about one of your former, maybe somewhat still slightly coworkers who backspaced an entire story and then <laughs> and then rewrote it on two fingers in Colorado in 2008. But, oh, that's funny. Um. Joe, Mr. Fun, this was awesome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, one more time, where's your podcast at? You can find it on the Talk North Network. It's the Fun House, P-H-U-N-N-H-O-U-S-E, and everywhere podcasts are available. Why? did Were you that fun back in the day, or was there another Joe, or what was the deal? Quick story. I get out of college in 1989. I go to work. My first job is at Bullwinkle Saloon. One night, late at night, I anoint myself Mr. Fun. <laughs> F-U-N. It eventually becomes P-H-U-N-N. I show up at the fan. I'm working with Bob Yates in the morning. And Bob wants everyone to have a nickname because he's making fun of everybody right. with their nicknames. Like, it wasn't a term of endearment with him. It was mocking you. And he says, what's your nickname? And I, you know, reluctantly say, Mr. Fun. And it never left. It That's never amazing. left. He picked up with it. He ran with it. And it never left. That's amazing. I always wondered that. It also it would say on my time cards, I just would write Mr. Fun <laughs> at Bullwinkles. <laughs> that's amazing uh thanks to duke cannon jimmy's unreal joe mamas thanks to our friends here at green screen studios all the guys over at pull tab sports we'll talk to you soon with our next twins update here on make love not work